Take RFM Dunedin with you wherever you go with podcasts and live streaming of Primo local content. Download the Access Internet Radio app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This programme was first broadcast on RFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to Headscarves and Good Yarns with me, Amal Abdullahi. This show is all about talking about race and diversity and everything in between, all in the hopes of empowering a more empathetic Aotearoa. And today, I'm super, super stoked to have Daya on the show. Woo-woo! Welcome! Woo, yes! <laughs> oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. Like, I'm so excited about this. And like, this is my first podcast, so... Yeah, I just hope everything goes smoothly. <laughs> nah, it will be all good. Trust me, I'm pretty chill. And also, it's just a yarn. So <laughs> whatever happens, yeah. happens, you know, it's all good. Um, and you guys don't, you guys tuning in don't know, but this is the first time that I'm doing an interview over Skype. So Bear actually isn't here with me in person. So hopefully technology comes through and nothing <laughs> goes wrong. Um, but we'll just roll off the flow with whatever happens today. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I found Bear through some cheeky... Um, stalking. So there's this really, really cool magazine called Yo Vocal Magazine, and they just talk about some really cool stuff, like really relatable stuff um, that I think we should be talking about more in the media. Um, and then I found Bayer's article talking about body image, and I thought it was really special because, like, there are a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff out there about body image, but you spoke about it from a very unique position, being half Kiwi and half Filipino and I was like yo like I really relate to this and I was like this girl <laughs> must be on the show like we have to have her in so um, I just yes. creepily slid into her DMs <laughs> and here we are <laughs> and here we are yeah. <laughs> um, so talking about that article um, for those who like haven't read it what yeah how would you summarize what you spoke about in that article or wrote about sorry I was just more speaking from, like, a personal level of, like, just how body image and sort of mental health is viewed, like, in Filipino culture and just more specifically, like, the conversations that have, that people have about, like, other people's appearances. And I kind of just wanted to bring to light, like, my experiences through that. And I know that a lot of, like, other Filipinos and other people will be able to relate to that, basically. So, yeah, it's just more um, just a road to just loving yourself basically mm. and just doing your own thing just thriving in the corner over here <laughs> yes I love that word thriving and yeah that journey to loving yourself is so so hard and it's also it's hard loving yourself for a new woman and then chucking in being a minority or into the mix it makes it even harder um in the article you talk about uh you spoke about how your um other family members back home were pretty like straight up with um their comments about your um body like for people who aren't like from a don't don't have an ethnic background that probably sounds really savage but like how do you explain that to someone who's like not filipino that that's part of the culture of being so straight up to each other and how what are your thoughts on that like do you think that's really you know it takes away from someone's growth um well I think firstly like when family members or friends in the Philippines are like saying those kind of things like they're not trying to say it to be like really offensive like they're not trying to say it to hurt you it's just more like it's almost considered a greeting like it doesn't sound great in English at all but like you know you'd like kind of see someone you haven't seen them in a while it's like oh you've gained weight or oh you know like 
you've gotten bigger or you've gotten you've lost weight like why does that matter like can't it just be oh it's so good to see me you know mm. like it's been so long but I mean yeah I, I know that they're not being offensive but um it's just considered a norm and everybody gets hurt by it yet we all still do it anyway so I don't know why it's still happening then like mm. <laughs> I don't know it's really weird <laughs> It is weird. Yeah. yeah, it's the same in my culture too. People are so, so straight up. Like, people's nicknames are based on, like, their facial features, like, big forehead or, like, oh, small God. eyes or something like that. And it's just considered, like, a joke. Like, it's just how it is. And, like, even if um, Somali people are meeting people from different cultures, they'll be like, oh, why is your, like, skin so white? Or why is your blah, 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 blah. Like, there's just, yeah. it's not considered rude at all. But how did it affect you growing up when people said comments about you? your body like that um honestly like it was really hard during my teenage years mm. like like you know trying on clothes and stuff I just I wouldn't like the way that I would look in these clothes and um sorry we were able to <laughs> Can you go through that again? Sorry. <laughs> oh no, that's all good. Sorry, I was just saying, like, how did those, like, how did those comments about your body, like, make you feel um, back then? And for you know, now that you've a bit older now, how does it make you feel now? Well, on okay, like now I don't really care like anymore. I've just kind of gone through that growth in a way. But back then, like in my teenage years, like just hearing these comments like because I wouldn't I wouldn't see these family members for like six or seven years almost mm. and like obviously I've, you know I've gone from gone through puberty and stuff so like I've grown in places and so back then it was really hard and I'd find myself like you know crying in a shopping mall just like trying on clothes and stuff but now I'm just at a point where if they say it to me I'm like okay whatever fine like I am the way I am I can't do anything mm. about it and your comments like don't bother me anymore but oh yes yeah. so I'm so happy for you that you've just you've so confident in yourself now that's awesome yeah <laughs> sorry I just might there's so much like happening in my flat right now like my flatmate's like knocking on the door and I'm like please stop <laughs> that's why I got a little bit distracted but no that's yeah. so good um in the Philippines what is considered beautiful um oh my god like lighter skin like I have so oh. many family members that use like skin whitening creams and it's like all over the ads and it's so frustrating because I don't know why we want to be like have lighter skin like we're naturally tan why don't we embrace that and it's like really confusing because when because I, I grew up here and everyone's like oh my god your skin is so tan like I wish I had skin like yours and I'm like thanks like it's just the way I am but then mm. back home it's like oh my god her skin is so dark like I'm sorry that I like you know being outside <laughs> it's really weird but um yeah <laughs> oh wow yeah that's something like my I've got friends from different countries and like no matter where they're from that's always a common thing as well like what's considered beautiful is having lighter skin and then you see that in the media as well like if there are like beautiful like beautiful black women they're always on the lighter um, shade yeah. like Beyonce and I don't know Kelly Rowland and yeah. but like they're all considered like that's so interesting because like we always think the grass is greener on the other side and because you're from New Zealand and Philippines like the different beauty standards definitely are clashing there which is really interesting 
Um, yeah, so I don't know. I just get really confused by it sometimes. But because of that confusion, I've just sort of come to the point where I'm like, you know, this is just who I am. I don't really care. Like, I like my skin and it's nothing wrong with it. And it's nothing wrong with anyone else's skin. So why do we even, like, worry about it? <laughs> yes, I love that. I wish people would embrace that more. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because we're talking about beauty and um, what it means to be beautiful, what does it mean to be a confident woman in the Philippines, for example? Because, like, for me, my parents really never understood when I got like got really upset about how I looked um, because I looked so different to every, like the majority of my classmates. And I was like, oh, I wish I was more yeah. light-skinned. I was, wish I was blah, 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 blah. And my parents would be like, what are you talking about? Like, your looks don't even matter. You should just be confident in yourself as a person. You should be confident on the yeah. fact that you're a kind person. Um, is there anything like that in the Philippines? Or, yeah, what does being confident mean? Um, Honestly... It's, I think it's very much to do with looks as well. Like, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's being confident in yourself, being confident in, like, the way you, you I don't know, put yourself out there. If, yeah. But it's also very much, like, it's kind of a subconscious focus on looks. It's, like, the more, you know, beautiful you are, the lighter your skin, you know, like, the more symmetrical your features are. Like, you know, that kind of, I don't know, people sort of see a lot of beauty in that and people would sort of, I don't know, draw their confidence from the way they look as well. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, some um, things... That's sort of the way that I would interpret it from my experience. <laughs> mm. And then what about for you personally? What does is, what is being confident mean to you? Um, well, just on a... I mean, I used to wear a lot of makeup and mm-hmm. I used to watch a lot of, like, those makeup tutorials on YouTube and stuff. And, I, you know, to be honest, they were predominantly white. Mm-hmm. And it was just... Like, I would always think, oh, that would never work on me. Like, my features aren't like hers. You know, my, you know, my eyelids aren't big enough or, you know, like, my cheekbones aren't sticking out, that kind of thing. And um, I don't know. That's probably why I don't wear makeup anymore because I'm like, I don't even care. Like, <laughs> same, sis, like, same. This is, the, <laughs> this is literally, like, the way I look and I can't help it. And, like, this is, you know, my mum, my parents gave me, the looks that I have, and I just should appreciate it, really. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, my gosh. You're so awesome. I love. <laughs> I just love the where you are with your self-love. Um, one thing... Definitely, it's definitely still on that journey. <laughs> yep. It's, yeah, it never rains, but no, you're in a really good spot right now, which is awesome. Um, yeah. When we were talking about this episode... Um, off the mic, you were talking about how you're really passionate about mental health um, and well-being. So how did you get um, interested in that space? Um, it's just more um, the experiences um, that pe- what people were going through around me. Mm-hmm. So I I didn't, like, during, during my teenage years, yeah, like, maybe I was a little, like, you know, that classic teen angst, like, maybe I was a little sad, but, like... I don't know. I it was more my friends that were going through the mental health issues, and I'd sort of, I had felt like I was kind of like their counselor in a way. Like they would, I would talk through their problems, and I would rarely talk through my own problems. Mm-hmm. And that just sort of got worse to the point where, like, I was, you know, my third year, and my mental health got really bad just because of like the situation I was in in terms of like where I was living and just where I was feeling 
I don't know about that's probably like the worst that I felt about myself mm. and it's just you know I really struggled to talk about my own problems because I was taking on everybody else's problems and felt like no one was really listening to me so it was mm-hmm. a really the 2017 was like a really really dark time for me like it was the most alone that I'd ever felt mm-hmm. and um I went through this really life-changing experience where you know I had to really um really really think about who I wanted to be and you know the kind of person that I wanted to be and mm-hmm. what I wanted to do with my life and that just from then on I've just been really um focused on trying to find the lighter side of life if that makes mm-hmm. sense instead of focusing on all of the negative things that are happening around me and um I've just got yeah it's just more the bottom line is just just talking about your feelings yeah um and if you let it bottle up then it's just gonna you know explode in your face mm-hmm. that is yeah it's so true like i reckon everyone listening right now or like you as well Bea, if you know people in your life that just bottling up so much shit and if they just opened up like life would be they would be able to tackle whatever is going on in their head a lot easier um and yeah, I, like, even if it's just saying like oh i'm so i'm feeling really anxious about like this assignment or this i'm feeling anxious about my degree like am i going to pass like even just talking about little things like that I reckon is still really important because at least you're not bottling everything up Mm, exactly yeah Yeah. if you leave it in your mind to fester then it just definitely gets a lot worse um yeah what I wanted to ask you about is how like how is mental health viewed in yeah the both of the cultures that you have especially the in the Philippines is it like, um, is it okay to not be okay? Yeah, oh, definitely. It's it's like a really interesting experience because although New Zealand can do a lot better with its like mental health and everything, like I feel like I, I feel like the conversation is being brought to light a lot more nowadays. So like I would I feel more comfortable talking about my problems like here, but in the Philippines, like I, I mean I don't know I haven't lived there in a while, but. Um, I don't know. It's not talked about as much. Like, when I go back to the Philippines, I don't find myself talking about my mental health like to my family over mm. there as much. Like it's it's not that it isn't accepted or that it isn't a thing. It's just more not widely talked about as much. Whereas like I found with my family like overseas that live, you know, they're from the Philippines, but they live um, like in places like Canada or the US. Like I felt that they experienced a lot more like mental health. Like they're struggling with their mental health more. Mm. So I feel like, um, yeah, it's, it's just trying to explain like mental health to maybe your your Filipino parents. Like it's sometimes a little bit hard for them to wrap their head around the idea because they just think, oh, you know, you're going through a phase, you can get over it. Like you're, you'll be fine. But really it's not always that way. Mm. So, um, yeah, it, it's... I, th- I just think in our culture it should be more talked about at least like just start the conversation and then we can go from there mm, exactly um i when you were going through um your tough time during 2017 was it hard for you to reach out to your um parents with with that um, cultural context yeah so i ended up um so i went through something quite um just traumatic where I felt like almost numb to how I would feel about 
I, I just felt really alone and mm. I felt I could talk to my parents after that event. So like I had to start doing counseling and stuff because my parents found out how bad of a place that I was in and that kind of didn't force me to talk about it, but I sort of felt more comfortable talking to my parents about it. But I certainly at that time didn't feel comfortable talking to any of my friends about it and mm-hmm. I felt, you know, I just wasn't in the best place and because of that I was becoming a really toxic person putting myself in toxic situations and it just got worse and then yeah and then I had a lot of like my best friends and like I had a lot of family support as well from from then on which has Mm -hmm. sort of gotten to where I am now which is in a place where I can actually handle like my feelings and stuff so yeah (laughs) get on you man that must have been such a tough tough journey so I'm really yeah, proud yeah. of you. It was, <laughs> it was really hard. <laughs> um, and thank you for sharing that with us as well. Um, it's all good. <laughs> if, if you could talk to, like, if you could change how your culture understands mental health, how, like, how would you, what would you say to, to make that change? Well, first off, with, like, those kind of side comments that aren't meant to be offensive, like, you know, those sort of, like, oh, you've gotten fat, like, maybe, Mm. because it's sometimes really hard to, because you don't want to talk back, like, it's usually the elders that are saying this to you, and you don't want to be, like, so true, that's considered so disrespectful, but, like, there have been times when I just want to turn around and be like, actually, no, that's not okay, like, you go look look in the mirror, and, like, you have a look at yourself, and, you know, like... (laughs) Tell him, you tell him. <laughs> oh my God, seriously. And I think I would just start with um, just, oh, mm, it's really hard to explain. It's like, it's not talking back, but it's like standing up for yourself. Mm-hmm. So that would be like the, the first step would be, be turning around and being like, hey, like that comment isn't okay. Like I that, that comment really hurts. Like, you know, and then from then on we can, we can start talking about um, like how it's affected somebody's mental health in the the long run, like from those kind of side comments and like just how it's not talked about in our culture in general. Mm. So um, yeah, it's just definitely just bottom line, starting the conversation and yeah, standing up for yourself. (laughs) Good on you. I think that's where all like when people have conversations, that's where the understanding that's where the aroha comes from so no I like that and um, I really like how you brought up those invisible barriers that like people of colour have to go through to talk about their mental health like elders are always right like that's such a huge huge thing like I know it's it's there in every single society that you have to respect your elders but it's just on another Mm. level when it comes to um, you know for people of colour so yeah thank you for highlighting that um sometimes invisible barrier um with mental health comes self-care um and i was reading this series of instagram tweets uh tweets where they're talking about self-care but what does it look like for people of color and i was like so true like one of the things that came up was um for people of color self-care is lying about going to therapy to your parents so you can find or so you can have a space to find the words that you need to then go tell your parents about the fact that you have to go through therapy and why that's important. Yeah. I was like, like that is so, so true. Um, what, do, what does self-care look like for you as a Filipino Kiwi gal? Um, 
Honestly, it's just trying not to take all the negative things to heart. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, people are allowed to have their opinions, like, but it's just trying not to focus on the negative things that people are saying about you or to you. And it's just being able to look in the mirror and being like, oh, I like what I see. You know, like, I like myself because this is the way that I am. And um, so that's, you know, very important in terms of, like, self-care of your, like, mental health and stuff. But it's also, like, you don't have to go through and change who you are just to fit in or to please someone. Like, you know, you don't have to put on tons of makeup. You don't have to dye your hair all the time. Like, you don't you don't have to do all those things to impress someone or to fit in. So I think it's just, yeah, it's just really evaluating how the type of person that you want to be really, um, instead of trying to always wanting to fit into a society that will never accept you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. There were yeah. so many truth bombs in there. Oh, awesome. Um, <laughs> we have run out of time. I'm sad face <laughs> for this episode, oh, but I rip. just, I know it goes by so quick, um, but I just wanted to thank you so, so much once again for coming onto the show. Hopefully we can do this Not again. Round two. Um, I really, really yes, enjoyed that I'm conversation. So Yes, I'm so keen. I'd love to be back on your show because I've loved this. And I've yes, loved, girl. Like, having this conversation. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, thank so- you so much for having me and for like highlighting these really important um, issues in everyday life, whether um, people talk about it or not. I just, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for contributing to the space and thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you the next episode. See ya. Take RFM Dunedin with you wherever you go with podcasts and live streaming of Primo local content. Download the Access Internet Radio app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This program was first broadcast on RFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.